everyone, and welcome back to Slapcast for what is most likely our final installment of Slap Summers, our series, which holds us over until the season starts, which we are all continually getting excited for as things continue to build and build. I'm Gage, your host as usual, and I'm joined for the first time in quite some time since I believe June 28th is the last time that we produced an episode. Just some unfortunate timing. I think we're all busy and um, honestly just not a huge amount of content to talk about. But I am joined by the two ever faithfuls from our Slap Summers, uh, which starts off with a man who I've now dubbed the pickleball pugilist <laughs> and a malcontent moviegoer after last night's exploits, which you'll have to explain. Uh, yeah. It's Reese, of course. Hello, Reese. Hello. I am the malcontent moviegoer because I went to go see Thor yesterday. And maybe 45 minutes in, uh, the fire alarm went off and... Uh, we had to leave and they gave us movie vouchers, but I did not get to finish the movie. So yeah, that sucks. If you, if, if you want to go back, you have to watch know, the first okay. 45 minutes again. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, it is what it is, but I'm yeah. happy to be here. And uh, we're also joined by the man who I have dubbed my brother in this particular title, the weekend warrior, uh, as well as also the vinyl vindicator. That's your new title as well. I like it. Ethan's album of the week. Yeah. Ethan surprise. Hello, Gage. Uh, in honor of Josh, uh, how are you doing? Or I'm doing good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, my brother. Uh, I'm still recovering from our exploits this past weekend. <laughs> uh, obviously, the podcast listeners will not know, but I just turned 21 as of uh, 10 days ago. So those of you outside the U.S., that's uh, drinking age here in the U.S. And so uh, we may have had a few things going on this past weekend. Not going to go into too much detail, but we had some activity. Um, and Ethan and I definitely came out the worst from that i think so yeah it was <laughs> it was life-changing oh yeah i will not be doing that again earth earth shattering i will not be doing that again i'm afraid yeah well many chili ones were consumed by me yeah um, but alas so let's oh no uh josh is out of the jungle which i forgot we mentioned that <laughs> he's he was alive in the jungle he is we did talk to him yesterday so we can confirm that he is not deceased uh, and he has done us the, the great favor of sending over a question of the day, which is in the possession of Ethan. So I will, uh, I will be Josh. Um, he, I texted him saying, you know, uh, I came up with the last question of the, the episode. Uh, do you got one for this week since we were talking to you right now? And he was saying, let's do, you know, vacation, your favorite vacation. I was like, we just did that. That's the one that you came up with. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. I, I told him and he couldn't come up with one uh, on the spot. So I was like, you still got a few hours. Uh, you can still think of a different one. And so he, he conjured up this one. Uh, what is your favorite form of caffeine? Oh, uh, I ingest so much caffeine that this is almost a difficult question for me to answer. Uh, currently I would say Red Bull, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have an explanation. I'm just on the Red Bull grind right now. I, I drink a cup of black coffee every morning. It's the go-to. I'm also a, a black coffee man. I, I was going to leave out the coffee in that and realize that was not <laughs> a good thing to say. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I'm a big coffee guy. Uh, so Josh also said, uh, he's a black cold brew fella, nothing in it, just black. Um, I'm, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'll drink it if, if I absolutely need to, but, uh, usually I, I enjoy a soda every now and then, but, um, recently I, the caffeine I would consider 
the thing I consume the most is pre-workout just because I, I work out pretty early and I usually don't have the, the strength to to get through that kind of workout. So I can't work out in the morning. So I applaud you for that, bro. Yeah. I try to get it done as soon as possible, but you know, pre-workout just helps me (laughs) along the way. So that's probably my favorite form of caffeine. All right. Uh, A couple of logistical items before we get to the real exciting stuff. First of all, Slapcast has created our FPL league. Once again, last season, we had uh, a few people join. We're going to be looking for that again this season. We're going to post it on all the socials, of course, Slapcast PL on Twitter, Slapcast PL on Instagram. Thanks for coming. Uh, We're going to continue to crank out some reels from this particular episode, which you'll probably see. Uh, And of course, we want everyone to get involved with your FPL teams. I've made mine so far, and it looks a lot different than what I've done in the past because I've not had very much success. So I'm trying to shake things up a little bit. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll work. It probably won't, but hopefully it will. Uh, the other logistical item is that we are all extremely excited to bring you season four of Slapcast, which we can now announce will premiere on August 2nd. That will be our predictions and uh, preliminations pod uh, for the upcoming 2022-23 season. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We're going to generate lots of online hype, uh, lots of clickbait, everything you can imagine just going out on the socials. So yeah, hopefully you'll come join us. Yeah, Ethan's going to flash some things on the on the camera, and you'll be excited about that, no doubt. Um, so yeah, August 2nd, that's when season four is going to start. It's going to be the biggest and best season of Slapcast yet. We are going to shoot for uh, weekly episodes, which we were doing at the end of season three. So I think I'm pretty confident in our ability to do so, I would say. So things are hotting up in Texas. Uh, temperatures of around 110 is pretty commonplace at the moment. I know the UK is also experiencing a ridiculous heat wave. Uh, I believe someone said yesterday was the hottest temperature on record in London since they started recording temperatures, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, However, one of the things that is generating interest amongst us and other fans is the preseason friendlies that are going on, gentlemen. Uh, Lots of things have happened. We were joking earlier about uh, Everton getting stomped by Minnesota United of MLS fame. Um, but yeah, fellas, what have we got for preseason for your clubs? Are you satisfied with what you've seen so far? Uh, I'll go first. (laughs) So, uh, there's only, I've only got to watch one of our preseason games from start to finish. The other ones I've just seen clips, uh, just because I was either, uh, working or, you know, watching 45 minutes of Thor and then having to leave, uh, cause we had one yesterday, but, um, yeah, I've been pretty impressed so far. We were three for three in preseason. Um, we have played one Premier League opposition, although it was Everton. So, eh. so no, you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it from the one game I did watch, I did get to see Gabriel Jesus's um, Arsenal debut, who I will talk about later. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, and seeing the team link up, it's looking it's looking very exciting. I'm really happy with it. Um, I, the the one thing I have to say that I think is really awesome is that Inketia looks already like a completely different player than he was at the end of last season. And I think he's actually going to be putting up a lot more of a fight than I initially expected to be um, starting, uh, either alongside Jesus or competing for that starting position. So um, very excited going into the next season. Did you guys go on a tour or you guys? Yeah. Arsenal? So we, uh, it was an American tour actually. So oh. um, 
the first game that I watched was not in America. It was a German team. I can't remember who it was. But then I think we played Everton in America, and then we just played, I believe, Orlando yesterday and won. So, yes, we're currently on an American tour. Nice. What about Palace? So this is – we've got a very complicated thing going on right now. Vera has kind of split up the team in terms of, you know – bringing a few first team players to uh, a tour on uh, the oceanus oceanic side of the world to like uh, I think Singapore and then now they're in Australia but typically you've got your most of our defense and then a bunch of young players uh, just in and around the team and back home we've got a lot of our new signings and uh, most of our midfield and attacking first team uh, so we've definitely got it split at the moment and I can say that you know, the team back home is doing a lot better than the one abroad right now because we've the, our young players in our defense have basically been playing full sides of uh, Liverpool and United, and we've gotten cooked both times. I've had to wait. I had to wake up at five to watch us get cooked by United. Uh, and They've basically just done the done the favor to themselves of, you know, starting their first team and then getting to the 80th minute and subbing all of their young players on. But we've been basically, you know, fielding the best team you possibly can field, you know, with the amount of players you brought, but um, it just hasn't been good on that front, but back home, it's been a lot better, um, you know, seeing the likes of new players, you know, doing really good and, um, you know, having our players who have been doing good, uh, still doing good. So uh, it's been pretty even. Uh, Vieira has kind of talked about how he wish he could have kept the team more together, but that's just how it is. It's preseason, get it all out now. Yeah, I think on that same tour was when Man United absolutely waxed Liverpool in preseason. I realize it means nothing, but it's just kind of an interesting result to take into account. Yeah, I don't know how full strength the sides were or anything like that, but I just knew I knew I or I saw the result. Yeah, it it's weird. I don't even. I mean, I guess they would pay us a good fee to participate, but literally the the Liverpool game we played in was it was literally a Liverpool twerk fest. Because they played their full team uh, in an area which, I mean, Liverpool is an international, like, you know, a lot of international fans. But the tournament that this so-called preseason tournament was, was called the Standard or Chartered Cup. So it was basically a Liverpool sponsor. It's literally their shirt sponsor. And I was, yeah, I I don't know why we agreed to do this, but I mean, whatever. It's preseason, doesn't matter too much, so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Palace. I saw a bunch of cretins on Twitter saying that United United's back and United's going to beat Liverpool and challenge for top four. I'm like, go, go back to the hole from which he came. Uh, Admittedly, I, I agree this game doesn't mean anything, but I, I actually think I saw the lineups and I seem to remember Liverpool actually fielding a much stronger side than United did in that game, which is just kind of interesting. I have to say, I think Liverpool are maybe going to encounter some difficulties this season. I'm not, I'm not basing this off the back of this game, obviously, because I'd be stupid. It's a preseason game, but I'm just saying in general, I feel like this could be a, an off season for Liverpool. I don't know why I just have that feeling. Well, you'll I, see in our predictions, everyone's going to think I'm absolutely delusional, but no, I, I kind of agree. I'm not going to go into it too much because we've got our predictions for it, but you know, when you're losing a key player like Mane and, you know, bringing Precisely. in someone like Darwin yeah. and bringing in Darwin Nunez, you know, you kind of have to give them a lot of, you know, or look at him with a close eye and see how he performs. So, yeah, we'll talk more about it later, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. So on the, on the Spurs side of things, we actually just came back. I say we, again, the team just came back from uh, their tour uh, in South Korea, which was hugely successful. Obviously the passion over there is, is pretty at pretty high levels. Um, You know, Sonny is kind of a national hero. Second only, I think, I think the rankings in the Korean Forbes magazine is like like BTS BTS and then then Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's an absolute national hero. So um, it was cool to see all the Korean fans, you know, finally getting to experience Spurs. And um, I think the the preseason friendly that we played against the K-League All-Stars uh, was the most streamed sporting event in Co- South Korean history, which oh, wow. is mind-boggling. It was like 12 million people tuned in for it or something that like that. That is insane. That's literally like 20% of the country because the population is like 50% or, or, or 50%, 50, <laughs> <laughs> 51 million or 52 million, I think. Um, and that was a preseason game literally yeah and it's just because it was in korea i guess it sold apparently the tickets sold out in like four minutes whenever they went live it was a sixty thousand seater stadium so yeah people are nuts for spurs over in south korea which is cool to see um yeah we played uh the team k league all-stars which was uh i have to preface this by saying i did not watch these games live because they were at 3 30 in the morning uh chance so, (laughs) so unfortunately i just had to settle for the highlights package but uh, 6-3 Spurs won against the K-League All-Stars, which is randomly a really entertaining game for no reason. Uh, Sonny scored twice, which, uh, you know, the Korean fans are loving it. Um, and Eric Dyer scored an absolute blooter, uh, which is a, a rare occasion. It just kind of trundled forward from center back and put it in the top corner. Um, but yeah, then the other game that we played, this is the Kupang Play Series, by the way. That's the name of the, uh, name of the event. Also played Sevilla featuring Eric Lamella. Um, in the starting lineup. And uh, this was a pretty tepid affair, actually. A lot of, uh, a lot of fireworks in this game. Quite a few kind of on-pitch battles and arguments. Um, Richarlison and Romero were both, oh, spoiler alert, Richarlison and Romero were both uh, involved in some, some fireworks as well as uh, Sonny was kind of getting accosted by a couple of their defenders. So yeah, that ended up in a 1-1 draw. Um, Overall, I don't know. Not not a whole lot to take from it. I think it's kind of difficult to see after only two preseason games, you know, what's kind of going on. But I think just as a general rule, the preseason tour was um, really good as from a marketing perspective. We, you know, grew the brand a, a huge degree in South Korea. And obviously the ticket sales were very successful. So I think just generally for from a brand point of view, um, it's just nice to see. So then we've got a game against Gla- uh, against Glasgow, against Rangers in Glasgow. Uh, on Saturday, which I will be watching because it's at 9 a.m., uh, which is, you know, a lot more manageable. And uh, then we've got a friendly in Haifa, Israel, against Jose Mourinho's Roma, which is the most Brexit fixture I've ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> I So I, I don't know if I'll be able to watch that. I'm sh- I think it'll be at a reasonable hour. I'm not exactly sure where Israel stands on the time, the timetable, but either way, yeah, some interesting... Uh, interesting storylines in, in uh, preseason, I guess, for Spurs. So any other notes from preseason gentlemen, anything you've seen from around the world, anything exciting? Well, uh, we, I mean, we talked about this one before the podcast too, but uh, Chelsea lost to, I think it was Charlotte, the team yeah. that was created, you know, a little bit before COVID. They are three Off years their, old. Yeah. They're a toddler. Yeah. There's a lot. MLS has been expanding uh, like a lot, very rapidly in recent years, which is kind of interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it seems that a lot of the teams are coming up as 
you know, US, whatever the, t- the other league is in the U.S. But, NASL. You know, yeah, but they eventually, you know, progress to making it to the MLS. Yeah. But let the record show that this game uh, that Chelsea lost ended up going to penalties. And so. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. It just happens like that. Yeah. Uh, one other just absolute wacky item that I wanted to talk about before we get on to the July transfer roundup, which is going to be our main subject today is just, um, I guess this kind of fits under the umbrella, but uh, the thing I have in my notes here is just Barcelona with a hundred question marks. What is going on at this club? I don't know. They, they are fine. All of a sudden, like a few months ago, we're filing for bankruptcy. We've got this issue, that issue. We can't register our players. We're running out of money. We need to sell to buy, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, in the last span of two weeks, they've signed Rafinha for a gazillion euros. Yeah, almost close to 65 million. Yeah. And then they've signed Lewandowski for 80? Some... No, no, no. It was 30. Oh, it was? I, yeah. I thought it was yeah. like 80 or some cra- crazy number. But yeah, I mean, still though, that's a combined total of almost 100 million euros for a club that has no money. That's interesting. It's very interesting. And the, the thing about it is that they keep trying to sign more people. That are not cheap. I saw they were in on the Kunde deal too. Yeah. Like that's not a cheap I, I heard signing. that one is not true. Well, I, I think they might be interested, but I, I saw today that they actually haven't made an offer. A lot of it is just surrounding. It's between them and Chelsea. Yeah. Just, the they they haven't made an offer yet. There's though. no way Chelsea, he doesn't go Chelsea, to Chelsea are in progress talks already. They're yeah. like already have a fee agreed and everything. And I don't, Barcelona haven't contacted. But yeah, still, I, Reese, you want to give the point on Dion because this is the funniest thing. Just yeah, so United has we talked about it on the last transfer podcast. United has been in for him since the beginning of the transfer window. Um, fee has been agreed for forever, basically since that last pod. Um, and Dion is blocking the move. This is a Sky Sports headline. Uh, Frankie Dion has no interest in joining man united because he dislikes in quotes he dislikes the city and believes the club is run erratically which is so true but also <laughs> you're playing for barcelona so true king yeah like, well is, okay is also more, is it more erratic than your current club but then yeah you made a good point about his contract so there's this Barcelona, because they've been in such financial trouble, they've been renegotiating contracts with players so that their wages are basically back diving. This is something that happens a lot in the NHL where teams will do this and split wages over like a certain amount of years to to where the back end of the contract is progressively more real dollars. Like again, because the La Liga has a salary cap or some kind of figment that exists like that. So against the salary cap, it, it all looks the same across every year, but in actual real dollars or euros, um, like Frankie Diong has made only a fraction of what he's actually owed. So basically Barcelona is trying to shift him on because they have no money to pay Frankie Diong's wages. And he's yeah. saying, where the fuck is my money? That's basically be, what is happening. If, if he ends up staying his current contract, he's making more money than Lewandowski would be at Barca. Yeah. Yeah. And Lewandowski is their new main man. And not to mention the fact that he's still owed a ridiculous amount more. Like, yeah, it just, yeah, I, I don't understand. I also saw, I don't know if this was completely true, but I saw that um, basically what happened to Messi where they waited too long to re- renegotiate a contract. And then 
they basically had to re-register him and they couldn't. Um, yeah, yeah. They were they were signing a new player essentially. That has happened with Dembele. I saw that on Yes, Twitter. and they signed him to goober money, dude. The wages yeah. that they put him on is so absurd. It's like 500,000 a week or some crazy number it's like so that. So random because goober he was money. supposed to leave. Everyone and also thought he was going to leave. Has he has he contributed in any meaningful way so. since he's been at the club? It just keeps I want to talk injured. about um Lewandowski again as well. Like the signing itself Again, where'd they get the money? But like, whatever. It's Lewandowski, it's Lewandowski right? You know, Lewandowski. Lewandowski. It's Lewandowski. <laughs> it's Lewandowski. Who really cares? Except they they get rid of you know their their current strikers. They signed a bombing in January, who's thirty three, I believe, and they signed. They just now signed Lewandowski, who is thirty four. He's up there. Also, what's a bombing gonna think about this? I like, don't know. He, yeah, it makes no, and they pay, didn't they pay money for him or was it a free? No, it was a free. Okay. But, but still, like, I mean, he's probably on ridiculous wages because they all yeah. are, but. I just don't understand. Frankie DeYoung saying men use run erratically. I don't understand the business model of I'm going to sign a 33 year old striker and then I'm going to sign another one just because like, we don't even need another striker. Maybe he's so sick of the erraticness that he wants to go to a club that's run in a, in a proper fashion. He's like, man, I can't do this again. Like yeah. can't sign for another club that's run like this. So yeah, we will come on to menu later. Of course, there are a couple of news, news and notes for us to talk about there, but uh, <laughs> I didn't even pick up on it. I saw you raise your eyebrow. And I was like, what the hell is he doing that for? And I just, it's a force of habit. I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now that Ethan is recovered, I, I will hand it over to you for uh, for some transfer discussion. Yeah. So, kind of going off of uh, the last episode, you know, throughout June, we kind of just analyzed every team and uh, divided up the Premier League amongst ourselves, and uh, t- uh, you know, kind of researched uh, the ones we were given. So, um, stick in that fashion. We. Uh, kept the same teams and then kind of just analyzed them uh, through July. And we've kind of got like a little wrap up here. So uh, we'll go in order again uh, from first to 20th. Uh, and so we'll start with first place Arsenal. Yeah. First <laughs> Are place. You, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, I don't know how it is for y'all, but I think my, my notes will be a little quicker this time, mainly just because of the quantity. I think most yeah. of the transfers were done at the beginning of the transfer window this year, which is, not how it usually is, but um, I have two transfers. One I already spoiled. I already spoiled, and it was practically done last time. And that is Gabriel Jesus. He is officially signed. Um, and we talked about it like five episodes ago when it was first yeah, rumored. So exactly. So I won't spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, I'm happy he's here. I already gave my spiel last time. Uh, five-year deal, up the arse. Uh, <laughs> um, there is one more transfer that has gone through um, once again similar to Jesus last time it has not been officially confirmed by the club but we have gotten the here we go we've gotten confirmation from Ornstein and and he was at one of y'all's off, matches he, wasn't he yeah he attended yeah. our um, preseason match yesterday uh, against Orlando uh, and that is Alexander Zinchenko from City um, I'm very happy with this signing I think it's a very smart business um I won't. I won't spoil who the other the other one the the other prospect was because I think Eason has that team and I'll talk about it later. But we or we're originally going in for somebody else to play backup left back to Tierney, which is what Zinchenko will probably do in 
probably as well um, play backup center mid, but uh, it just ended up being way too expensive for a backup player. So we quickly moved on. We got a budget deal. I say budget, it was still around 30 million, but Zinchenko has proven himself in the prim already, um, has won quite a few titles with City, um, you know, other other trophies involved as well, Carabao Cups, uh, FA Cups. Uh, so happy to have him aboard. I think he's, you know, he's going to fit really well in Arteta's system because we've seen, especially already with Tierney, um, we, he really likes to push that left side uh, forward. Um, and having a player who can play left back, as he's proven, but also just he's trained originally as an attacking mid is just so... Um, he can play anywhere on the pitch, he I can. think. And yeah, it's great. Uh, he's also worked with Arteta before, which is really important. Yeah. Arteta's just signing a bunch of his mates from City. <laughs> he is, yeah. yeah, City Mark um, too. Yeah, I'm really happy about it, though, and I'm excited to see uh, see him play because, you know... Uh, undoubtedly Tierney will get injured at some point in the season and he'll have to come in because that's what happens every year. But um, that's all I got for Arsenal. I've got those two signings. I didn't bother too much with rumors because at this point in the season, uh, if it's a credible rumor, I would know it off the dome. Um, it's kind of slowed really, down. It's been a really yeah. weird, like window, only one yeah. is Tielemans. That's still a very high rumor. Um, supposedly we're basically holding out on it. Um, to force them to lower the fee because otherwise he is just going to wait out his contract and leave for free. So um, I think, you know, do what you got to do. We'll see if it ends up going through by the end of the transfer business. Uh, but the other rumors um, haven't picked up a whole lot of traction. So that's, that's it for Arsenal. Yeah. I've noticed that a bunch of teams are, you know, a lot of the rumors is just, you know, finalizing these deals they've already been, you know, getting into. Every so. deal is taking so long to complete too. I don't understand yeah. what the deal is with that. It's like, you know, a lot of it is coming down to international clearance. Yeah, that's true. Just, just because, you know, England is being different than everybody, every other European country. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it more when we get to Palace, but, you know, one deal took especially long just because of that. But so is that it for Arsenal? Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to another team that has gotten a lot of their business done early, and that is Aston Villa. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, most of their business has already been done. Uh, I would say... You know, I think the reason for that, sorry, I was just considering this a minute ago. I think the reason for that is because there's been so little business going on in the last two years, like because COVID has kind of put a stranglehold on the, uh, you know, on the like football economy, if you will. And yeah. also, I think like teams in Europe have no money, like because I know this, I don't know about y'all's clubs or whatever other clubs there are, but Spurs have been really struggling to sell players into Europe because the, a lot of the European clubs have no available finances right now. So the Premier League is like dominating in that aspect. And so it's kind of, you know, the money's there and they are able to use it basically. Uh, I was going to make a very crude analogy on that, but I've decided to <laughs> decided to pass it up. Um, had something to do with blue balls. Anyway, uh, Aston Villa have added depth at fullback uh, through the loan signing of Ludwig Augustinsson, which is a good, a great name. However, I'm pretty uninspired by this signing, I think, because he was part of the first uh, Werder Bremen team to get relegated in about 1,000 years uh, a few seasons ago. They've signed him on loan from Sevilla, which I didn't even realize he went to Sevilla because I don't think he started for them. But That's um, another Sevilla signing. Yeah. 
don't know. I don't know. I think just he's obviously kind of replacing quote unquote Matty Target, uh, who's gone to Newcastle, but I don't think he's nearly the same quality. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that space. And that's the only transfer that they've made uh, since the last time we were here to speak about it. But I did want to make a footnote that uh, Gerard's assistant manager, Michael Beal, uh, who is allegedly behind a large portion of Villa's tactical uh, nows, has exited the club. Uh, he's taken the full-time job at QPR, actually. Um, oh. So shout out to Rob, if he's listening. Yeah. Um, the local QPR fan. Um but yeah, apparently he is the uh, kind of tactical brains behind Villa's system. So we'll have to see if, you know, they can adapt to not having that piece uh, of the coaching staff with them and see how, you know, the system kind of adapts with Gerard um, to see if he's, you know, kind of fully ready to take on the mantle for himself. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of what's been going on at Villa um, and an outgoing, not really a sexy one, but could be one that uh, plays a big role in the future. So. Yep. So moving on to Bournemouth, and I would say out of all the teams that have just gotten promoted, uh, that they have done the least amount of uh, transfer business. Uh, they have, since the last podcast where we talked about the June signings, they have completed no new signings um, other than Fredericks and Rothwell that I discussed last time. Um, They're in trouble. Yeah, they, they have to be making signings if they want to be able to do good in this league. Um, you know, and you, this could go back to what you just said with finances in, in the in the Premier League, not being able to sell too many players or not. So kind of not having too much to spend. But, you know, you kind of have to, like, make room for that. You know, you kind of have to get your investors involved. But, I mean, this is not too big news, but this is just what's been happening. Uh, they've had uh, Kilkenny leave on loan to Stoke. And then I don't know who that is. But uh, and then Zeno Ibsen Rossi. Uh, joined Cambridge, uh, probably not another important part of Bournemouth's team. But uh, in terms of rumors, they have they are looking at Axel Twanzebe from United. Um, I think he the went man on of a thousand clubs. Yeah, I think he recently just went on on loan to uh, an Italy team. Um, they still I mentioned this last uh, episode too, but they were working on a deal for Tavernier or Tavernier, whatever you, however you pronounce it. Um, they recently had their or their last bid was rejected, which was around 10 million. So I think they're going to keep trying, trying to work on that. Um, and then it was name dropped that a uh, defender from Gank, uh, John Lusumi, uh, was name dropped. And so they might be looking at him too. But yeah, Bournemouth, they just haven't been doing too much as of yet. So if they need to do something, now's the time because the season starts soon. So uh, af after Bournemouth, we've got Brentford. Yeah, I've got them. Uh, I actually was just looking and I missed one that was uh, reported earlier today that I haven't, I didn't uh, add to my notes. And that is uh, Ben Mee, as you guys will know. Uh, we just discussed this coming from Burnley. Obviously, I'm sure he had a relegation. <coughs> I'm sure he had a relegation clause in his contract somewhere. I don't know. I think it's a fine signing. I think he's Premier League proven. I think he's a good defender. I think he'll shore up their back line a little bit. Um, yeah, don't have too much more to say. I mean, I think it just makes sense all around. I think that's on a free, right? Because he's, yeah. I think he probably had a termination clause. Yeah. Uh, another player that's joined on a free is Thomas Strakasha, the Albanian keeper from Lazio. Um, I know he's been out of favor at Lazio for a few seasons now. I think he's been trying to push a move to, to the Premier League for a while. Like, because I know Spurs were interested in, in, in him a little bit. I know West Ham were lurking around, but um, 
yeah, he's finally made the Premier League move to Brentford, and I think it's a decent enough move. David Raya has shown to be pretty injury prone. I know he only played around half the games last season, and their backups, both of the two guys that played, were not up to standard, one of which being Jonas Lussel, uh, randomly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I hopefully that'll shore up, do some more good work to shore up their back line. Uh, they've also signed Aaron Hickey, who's a Scottish uh, right back from Bologna. I think he also can play center back, I believe. Uh, nope, just kidding. I'm wrong. He's actually a left back. He plays left back. Plays he's left right, back. He's right footed. Right. That's okay. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an offsided left back. Um, don't know. I actually don't. I should have done a little bit of research to find out why he was in Bologna or why he was at Bologna from you know, the Scotland system. Unfortunately, once again, Scotland can only produce quality players at left back Uh, (laughs) again and again, they continue to, to struggle with that particular thing. Um, So I don't know too much about him, but he seems to be highly rated and Brentford's recruitment is usually pretty good. So we'll see. uh, We'll see how he gets on. Uh, Then we've got Keen Lewis Potter, who has been lighting up the championship for Hull city. He's a winger. Um, He's signed for Brentford now. Uh, presumably just to add another dimension to the front three. I think Brentford didn't have enough goal scoring in them last season. I think like the likes of Mbomo uh, struggled to get going at times. Um, you know, Tony they have, got hurt. Yeah, Tony's going to be injury prone as always, I think. You know, so we could see. I believe one of their wingers might be going out alone too. I don't remember who though. Uh, I also don't know if it's gone through yet, but I think it's like highly rumored to be happening. I was trying to look. I don't see any rumors for the wingers on transfer marked. Not that that really means anything. Um, but as far as I know, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but anyway, he'll be, he'll be another dimension. He's been in England for a while. He's homegrown um, 19 million euros, biggest fee for them this season, uh, which is always kind of a risk whenever you pull up a player from the championship. But then again, I think, you know, someone like Jared Bowen who came from Hull uh, and has, you know, taken to the Premier League like a duck to water. I think you can always uh, do well to, to get a young player from the championship. So that's about it for Brentford. Reports mostly are suggesting that they're largely done with business, I think. Um, there's a few rumors of them being in for some young players to, to fill out the ranks. But other than that, I think they're done with a lot of their big business. Of course, the biggest blow, which we will talk about, is Christian Eriksen's not returning. So I do worry about the creativity in that system. Yeah, uh, you just feel they probably should have found any replacement in yeah. that position because he did make such an impact in the team when he came in. I will say they'll be, they'll be in a better position because Josh De Silva uh, midfielder for them spent the, almost the entirety of last season out with a cruciate injury. Um, and he is someone who can provide that creativity and arrive late in the box. So Former Arsenal Academy player, by the way, really, I actually did not know that. Yeah, but he, so he, he'll be back at, at, at a fit and firing. So hopefully for them, that'll, do something to replace what Erickson brought, but obviously a player like that, it's tough, to, tough to replace straight away. So I do worry for Brentford. I think they're going to struggle uh, next season, but we'll see. All right. Moving on to the sex offenders of Sussex Brighton. Uh, well, you'll be happy to know nothing to report. They have made no moves since last time. Yeah. Probably waiting on a certain someone to get a move. Who? Oh, Cucurella. Yeah. Oh. I was like, yeah, what? I also was confused. <laughs> I was so lost yes, for that. Probably because yeah. they are going to get a hefty sum for that player. Um, I think reports are around 30 to 40 million. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, nothing. Nothing's going on. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it earlier. A lot of the signings they made uh, are just, you know, except they only gambles. signed two players and they were like random, no name youngsters. Yeah. Feliz Undav, I know, is one of them. Yeah. I know yeah, because yeah. he's currently taking up space in my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have made like no signs of improvement in the window. Um, I don't know. We'll see. There are rumors that um, Nuno Tavares might go there on loan. I actually saw he's one of the options they're looking at for the Cucurella replacement. Yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing about, I mean, I'm going to take my, don't look at, I'm going to cover that up. Uh, the thing about them is that even though they've had all these, you know, transfer blows uh, and just like losing players out to teams around them, like Newcastle uh, with, you know, the likes of Dan Byrne and all that jazz, but they've always been able to, you know, still do well in spite of all of that. Okay, but man, no. <laughs> I have faith in Graham Potter. Um, yeah, I, I know think. you hate to say that or you hate to see it, Ethan, but I do have faith in him. I think he's a good manager, so I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think he 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 definitely helps them a lot better. It'd be a, a very different story if he was not their manager, in yeah. my opinion. But yeah, is that pretty much it? Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. which is nothing yeah so <laughs> all right uh moving on to chelsea anything yeah uh, quite a few things going on at chelsea so we, we already talked about sterling in the last show but he wasn't confirmed yet now he is so he will be there next season um causing problems in the attack no doubt then everything else that we have to talk about is basically center back related because the one confirmed signing that we do have is koulibaly from napoli which someone who's been long touted with a big move to not just the Premier League, but really any of the big clubs around the world. He's kind of someone who's been touted to be one of the next big things in the center back world. We'll see if he can cut it in the Premier League. I do question a little bit how this is going to go for Chelsea in terms of the fact that a, they're one of the clubs that didn't do their business early. So their preseason is already happening and they haven't had, you know, as much time to bet in these players who, uh, center back, especially in a back three is one of the key areas that you need to develop consistency and, uh, chemistry with your, you know, fellow center backs. And I think, while I do think Trevor Chalaba is a fine player. And I think Thiago Silva will be there and thereabouts. I just do have concerns over the fact that the center backs that are going to be playing key roles in their team are either just arriving or not at the club yet. So I do think that could be a potential area of questions for Chelsea. Um, I because don't think Koulibaly is a very good signing. I'm just I say. don't either. Yeah, they, he, it's about three years too late. I reckon. Yeah, like for yeah, him to make too. a real difference. He just hasn't. He, yeah, it's like not even just his age. Like, I just feel like he hasn't been. Well, this is probably due to his age, but he just hasn't been as good as he was in the past. I feel like you know we see him pretty much every year because they just keep getting this draw uh, play against Liverpool and the Champions League gets diced up every time. <laughs> Uh, Napoli as a team has gotten worse over the years though. So that also doesn't help, but that's true. But you know, there there's questions already about whether he can, he can hang with some of the other Premier league opposition attacking players. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know that's kind of harsh to be, you know, comparing him to, to Sala in that respect, but well, that's what uh, he's going to be playing against in the Prem. So his age is so huge though, because they've already got Tiago Silva in the back and he's, he's almost 40 or he is yeah. 40 he's close to 40 at least and it's like 
uh, and I know you're, we're going to get onto another potential signing that um, you'll talk about in a second. That is a lot younger, but I don't know. I just don't think it's a smart investment of money. Yeah. Well, we've got a list of three count them uh, center backs who might come in. Uh, the one that we already talked about obviously is Jules Kunde, who it looks like the deal is wrapped up. Uh, we mentioned this already ball playing center back will do fine in the Premier League. I think, I think he will adjust well. It's just, again, whether or not he'll be able to hold his, or I, I think he'll be able to hold his own. It's just whether or not the, the two center backs beside him will be able to match his style of play and also hold up their end of the bargain. So then the other two who have been touted around as potential Chelsea signings, I think maybe starting to kind of edge away from them slightly, but we've got Nathan Ake, obviously, who's basically just taking up oxygen at City. Um, and then we've got uh, Presnel Kimpembe, also of PSG fame. E- either of them may, uh, if, if reports are to be believed, either of them may still come in, even if even if uh, they do sign Kunde as well as Koulibaly. Obviously, they had a mass exodus of defenders, as well as Aspilicueta may still yet leave. Alonso is look, looking to be on the outs as well. So I know he's not a center back, but still, you know, defenders on the out. Um. Again, Nathan Ake, I don't think in a system outside of City, like I, I don't think that would be a good signing for them. I and don't think he was good at City. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like I just it's think like, the system protects him from a lot of things yeah. that he otherwise would be exposed on. Um, and then Kimpembe, I think like PSG players just tend to struggle in the Prem. Like it's just somewhere where they have very little competition in their own league. I mean, you see them as a team struggle in the champions league. And I think the players usually tend to struggle when they come to the Prem. So I don't think that would be a particularly good signing either. I think Kunde would be a fine signing, but out of all of them that I think would be the best in my opinion, just because I, I I think every time I've watched. Yeah. Every time I've watched PSG play or France, um, which I know France is just, a fantastic team in general, but I've, I've always thought Kimpembe was a standout player pretty much every time I've watched him play. Um, you know, he's really tall. He's really quick. He makes smart decisions. Um, and he's been playing at a top level. You know, I, Kunde is more of a wild card for me. Maybe it's just because I don't know a whole lot about him, but um, I think Kimpembe is, is the, the option there that, you know, is the least um, risky. And I don't think we talked about this last time. I think there may have been utterings for it, but is Romelu Lukaku the worst transfer in Premier League history? Honestly, this is a real question. Is he the worst transfer in Premier League history? Probably with the way it ended because he came in, didn't contribute anything. He came in for a lot, didn't contribute anything. 90 million. And has now left on loan for free. No, not for free but for basically nothing. 8 million pound loan uh, fee. And then which... I think he'll probably, I don't know how much he has left on his contract. He might just. Four years. On his Chelsea contract? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, that's we'll too much, much for his we'll age. see how much they can recoup for him. They sign him to a five-year deal. That is the problem, man. Like, he's just going to waste away. Like, I don't. It depends I don't... how much they can recoup for him. Because I, I imagine they'll sell him to Inter next season. You would imagine, but Inter have them by the balls because Chelsea have no negotiating room. I'm serious. Like, what are they supposed to, what are they meant to do? It's like he, he, I I just, yeah. I think the combination of the fee and the way he acted while he was there and the way it ended all combined to make it maybe the worst transfer in Premier League history. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. The worst transfer in Premier League history. Yeah. That's fair to say. So, anyway, I think that's all I have on Chelsea. I, I might have missed something somewhere, but those are all the major bullet points as far as I can tell. All right. Uh, in creating the link from Chelsea to My Crystal Palace, uh, in the game that Chelsea lost today to Charlotte, Connor Gallagher had the worst penalty I've ever seen in my life. So bad. And he might be plotting. He might be playing really bad <laughs> to make his way back to the red and blue, baby. Come home, baby. Welcome you with open arms. Anyway, moving on to our actual news. <laughs> um, since the last episode, um, it hadn't been announced yet, but it was pretty much, you know, I mentioned it earlier. It was pretty much just under international clearance, but uh, Czech Decore has joined uh, us from Lons, um, and he's been really good. Uh, he's been playing uh, the preseason games back and uh, in the UK, and he's just looked good. And you know, people were just talking about you know how much or how he just doesn't really put a foot wrong. And so um, he's young, uh, you know, he's French, so he's easy to work with for Fiera. So it, it's just a good move all around, uh, and we got him on a good deal. So um, the funny thing about that is that. Right after we signed him, there was a little bit of a rumor going around that he was getting blackmailed. So basically them saying that he was, uh, he had another identity, but you know, this was mostly just people trying to get money off of them. So that, fans, you know, it probably was, but um, I think, I think that's just people trying to exploit for money and, you know, it, it will quickly get it out of, uh, out of sight, but um, this has not been announced yet, and it's actually been happening under under uh, our noses because, you know, we haven't really seen too much about it until recently. But uh, Chris Richards, I know I mentioned it in the last episode, but it was kind of just being a name drop. But apparently we've agreed a fee and he's in London right now, completed his med medical and everything. And uh, not only do I enjoy this move because, you know, he's a great player, but he's American. And we don't really sign. I can't really think of any Americans that we've had. And he played for FC Dallas. And if you and know, he was on Chum Chat. Yeah. So you know, fellow should, Manifest Media Podcast Network show. Bro, if he if he ever joins the Slapcast, I'm I'm going absolutely. There's a mad. link there. I'm just I will <laughs> I will do the podcast naked. You heard uh, it. He might he might not come on the show if you're naked. Well, I might. Well, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> how did I? I don't know how I keep missing this too. That's the worst thing about it. Anyway, um, yeah, Chris Richards. The uh, he played for Bayern for a little bit, uh, not too not too often, but he's a defender and he could pretty much play uh, uh, center back or right back. And you know, I think you know Vera just wants to kind of move towards a three at the back, so I think this could work out you know, in that transitional period, if we ever need someone to cover for right back, which honestly is probably our most open position considering uh, as good as Nathaniel Klein has been, you know, he's our starter right now. So he could easily break in being as young as he is, but um, I'm just the thing I'm, I've mentioned it already. I'm excited about having an American in the team, uh, just watching him progress for palace and uh, within the national team and, you know, being kind of, playing for a team close by to where we are is just kind of cool, you know, seeing him go there and you'd be like, Oh, that's kind of like a part of us going there as well. So that's be, that'll be exciting. Um, the fee is from around 13 
or 17 million with some add-ons. So um, and Dallas actually gets a little bit of that for a sell-on clause. So uh, it's cool seeing the link there. But um, some of the rumors recently, uh, they've mostly been around uh, Chris Richards, but uh, we've seen the, the names of uh, Dwight McNeil linked uh, for cheap. Uh, Morgan Gibbs White, I mentioned it last time. That'd be a uh, great then, signing. Yeah. The thing about that one is that the wolf or the wolves, the wolf are the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I said it too much and I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Um, wolves have been wanting like 30 million for him. So, which is um, probably too much. Yeah. A little, little bit too much. Uh, obviously it young player English. So just accounting for that, but the I would tax. love to, yeah, I would love to have him on at palace, but you know, it's just that fee. So um uh, and then obviously, you know, every time Juan Basaka has a bad game, there's a link to him with us. United basically want to sell him, but we don't really want to buy him. We kind of just want him on loan. So I think it mostly comes down to, you know, agreeing what we're going to do with them. But um, in terms of outgoings, we've seen the likes of Benteke be rumored to Wolves just because, you know, they need reinforcements up front, which I wouldn't be against because, you know, I think it's time to move on. But um, he's been doing good in preseason. Um, then again, you know, he's playing these lower league teams who can't handle his, uh, his strength and his heading ability. Is he but, third string now, or is he ahead of Edward? I would say he probably is third string, but the thing about it is Vera, you know, is treating Edward like a, like a left wing, like a winger. Yeah. So I don't know what the pecking order is there, but I would say if they did, if they were picking out of those three, he probably would be third string. I actually wouldn't mind it, even though it'd be sad, sad to see him go. I saw this today. He is the second highest earner at Palace on 120K a week, which is a lot for someone who doesn't really play anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably time to move on soon, uh, as much as I hate to say it. Um, but that's pretty much ever, everything for Palace. You know, it's good that we're getting this, this deal over and uh, I, I definitely don't think our business is done. I, I'm pretty sure we'll have a few more signings in the works. So let me go back to the Next should be Everton. Okay, I have Everton. They have made, and I'm happy to report this because I'm back on the Everton are going down. They have made exactly one signing. Um, I don't think that's, that like that doesn't just apply for since the last podcast. I think that is this summer. Altogether, yeah, I think so. And that is James Tarkovsky, which we already knew about. Yeah. It just hadn't gone through yet. Um, I, I okay. They like, can't afford to sign players. We talked about yeah. it before the show. They just they they're they're basically fucked. <laughs> like, I really hope they get relegated. Honestly. Yeah, we we mentioned it earlier, but they they lost that preseason game pretty badly to Minnesota, um, and it's circulating Twitter right now. There's already an, uh, an interview with um, Lampard after that game, and if you took it out of context, I would think that they had two games remaining and they were in the bottom three because it is like disaster doomsday, like, and, you know, rightfully so, I think, because they just haven't improved. Just, just I, I just want to, I just want to bring this they've up. They've actually like, gotten worse because they sold uh, Richarlison. Like, I, I just, just think about this. Where are the goals coming from in this team? Like the only forward player left who has any type of goal in him at this time is Dominic Calvert-Lewin who most likely will 
break some bone or snap some tendon at some point in the season. And then Salomon Rondon, of course, is still, ah, the food has arrived. (laughs) So jealous. (laughs) It's time to munch. Um, Yeah, but Salomon Rondon is also involved but again i don't think he scored let me i'm just going to check actually that was a see if that scored. was a that was a rough assigning too and he didn't even last like a half a season there one goal in 20 appearances one goal in 20 appearances. yeah there uh, so it, it was against us <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no we did we did win the game but okay it was against us yeah yeah and then of course you've got the likes of delhi it will be he had a terrible miss recently. Townsend. I don't know if y'all saw that. I saw it. It's a tap that in. Was, yeah. He, it was like that old uh Sterling clip, actually. Uh if you yeah. remember what I'm talking about. Yeah. I like do. literally on the goal line, missed the goal. Delhi? I haven't yeah. seen this. I think it was Man. in the Orlando game. I, I'm this is my early or, prediction. Sorry, Minnesota. He will retire before he turns 30. That's my honest prediction. I, I think I, that actually you said that somebody just retired uh and they're 30. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Frankfurt captain, Martin Hinteregger. I don't know if that's who you're thinking of, but maybe I know he just retired because he's 30, 31. Oh, I'm thinking of retired. Jack Wilshire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the youth coach now at Arsenal. He is, yeah, he's working for us. Yeah. Anyway, super random. Yeah. To Everton. Random tangent. Yeah, they suck. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no other signings, no other rumors. They're terrible. I hope they get relegated. That's all. Gage, uh, when you were talking about Chelsea, did you mention Sterling? Yeah, well, we, yeah, we talked about him okay, I beforehand and because it just hadn't been confirmed yet. So, Yeah, that was such a random sighting that I guess I just was not. I already I forgot. They have no strikers. They have no strikers. Yeah, that's true. They're you know what's Man City weird, game, though, but... is I've seen pictures of him in the Chelsea kit, and it looks super normal. It, it Yeah, I totally agree, actually. Yeah. And especially because it has that little light blue collar, like yeah. it just, I don't know. It just works so well for some reason. People have made the joke of, you know, he's kind of like that, the token fan in FIFA. Who's the same fan with this, with different jerseys. Yeah. The one that looks like Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy, you know, what pisses me off the guy that's always taking a selfie before the game. Yes. I'm talking about <laughs> the same guy taking a selfie right before the game starts. I'm like, dude, can you, can you fuck off? How are you still here? <laughs> he jumps ships many times. Yeah. Uh, moving on to another promoted team. Uh, one that's been promoted many a times and that is Fulham. Yeah, no, I do have a, th- a few things to report actually because last time we talked about them there was zero um i do have a couple things so they signed actually a guy called palinia uh who spurs were linked with a few years ago maybe maybe only it wasn't that long i'm not sure but he's a defensive midfielder and apparently he's pretty highly rated he, he's an analytical darling as i like to say he checks out really well in terms of um tackles per 90 space covered some of the advanced defensive analytics as well um, cuts out a lot of passes. So potentially that's going to be a good, good signing for them. They have not done the traditional Fulham thing, which is sign 1000 players, uh, which maybe is a good thing because it obviously didn't work for them in the past. So we're going to see, you know, if they can put something together. Now, the other signing that they made, which honestly just makes me want to puke in my mouth is Andreas Pereira of Manchester United, who's been out on loan in Timbuktu for the past two seasons. Um, in Brazil. Yeah. 
why have they made this signing? Someone please give me some clarity on why they've made this signing. Well, I guess he's just young and he was a United prospect. Is he, Uri- is he a Uruguayan or Argentinian? I can't remember. Uh, Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah. Uh, he was born in Belgium. Interesting. Represents the uh, – oh, he's Brazilian. We're all wrong. Oh. He was born well, in Belgium is, yeah. and he is Brazilian, yeah. He has one cap for the national team. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Also, Pereira is like the most Portuguese name ever. I don't know how we missed that. But uh, odd signing. I don't see it working out, to be honest, because he wasn't very good at United. Although I do remember him scoring an absolute. (laughs) Yeah, it was. I can't remember who. Southampton? Yeah. Because, you know. And uh, Gallery scored a crazy goal that game, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely happened. (laughs) Yeah, I, that's the only memory I have of him in the Premier League was that goal. Mm-hmm. And other than that, just him being one of the random rotating carousel of Man United youth yeah. prospects that exist. Yeah, I mean, um, there, there was that one season where they literally just, you know, went through a bunch of young players and they're starting 11. They yeah. just, like, keep doing it. I mean, it's worked out. They've got the likes of McDominay as a regular in there now. What was the fee? Uh, 9.5 million euros, okay. which is – I guess I'm not I mean, too upset then, but – yeah, but for a player who's Just been on loan of... in Brazil for two seasons, though, it feels—I don't know—that like I can't believe he was still under contract. To be honest with you, I really think it would be a free transfer, but I don't know. At least they're signing people with Premier League experience and not a bunch of random midfielders from Liga, which is what That's they true. did last time. So, speaking of. Uh, Sari just joined somebody. Oh, oh, yeah, that's so that's... random. Yeah, Bro. I actually had that on my notes to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like Hull are going to benefit hugely from that signing, but it's so strange because he was in Turkey for a few seasons and then, like, uh, he went back. Did he go back to Nice? I feel like he might have gone back to Nice on loan at some point. That sounds right. I can't remember, but that was either way. Such a, such a weird career path. I still have concerns about Fulham's back line because here's the thing with Fulham. The reason they're so good in the championship is because everyone who plays for them is huge. Like they're all enormous humans. Like Mitrovic is six, three, their whole back line is over six foot easily. Um, I just am concerned because they have the exact same back five or not back five, back four. They play back four now, I think under Marco Silva, but they have the same players that got them relegated and conceded 1 million goals. So I really am concerned about the, 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 porousness of that defense they are for one thing the rumor that's been heating up the only thing i've seen so far on the defensive standpoint um they are heavily linked to spurs's joe roden uh who is joe rogan the joe rogan experience uh he's coming to the prem no but uh yeah joe roden the welsh international uh i hope it would be a loan for spurs's sake i think rumor is that it's going to be permanent but i think roden has a decent future in the prem so I think it'd be a good signing for Fulham because I do think the talent's there. And also he's huge, which fits their bill. Um, so I'd be disappointed to see him go from Spurs, but I think it would be a good signing for Fulham. And they definitely need to sign a center back uh, before the window closes at least one or two because yeah. my my favorite person to pick on, Tim Ream, unfortunately, is not going to keep you in the Premier League. Yeah. So. And they don't even have Joaquin Anderson this time. No, yeah. So for us mm-hmm. that's all i've got on fulham at least there was something uh because i actually time... have i have a fulham rumor mainly because it's oh, arsenal and it's that um burn leno is close to signing mm. 
Oh, I actually um, did see that, and I just completely did I not write it down. I think the only holding it up is that we are stingy, uh, but I imagine he will join for around 10-ish mil. Um, yeah. I think it's a good move for all involved, but um, yeah. Just, Does that uh, make Matt Turner the bona fide backup? Yes. Nice. I'd like to see that. So anyway, yeah, that's Fulham. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to forget about it this time, but the next team is Leeds. Yeah, so they have done uh, a little bit of business since last time. Uh, the first name is somebody that I mentioned. Um, they were linked uh, to uh, to Leeds on the last podcast, and that is Tyler Adams. Um, he has Wait. signed um, another American. Uh, he Another Red Bull product. Yeah, he'll presumably be um, Calvin Phillips's replacement. Um, and I think he fits the bill in all in all uh, instances. So I'm happy to see it go through. Um, the second and final one that has gone through is Luis Sinistera, who I don't know about a whole lot um, outside of career mode, because I know he's a popular choice in career mode. Um, he's a 23-year-old left winger. Um, they bought him from Feyenoord. Um, I think he's Colombian, unless I'm making right. that up. I think that's right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about him, but I think uh, he's that's been on. The smells radar like Rafinha's replacement to me. Yeah. So yes, I so, I mean, we talked about this because we the thing the thing for Leeds is that the sale of Phillips and Rafinha was inevitable. Like right, like both of them were going to leave this summer, regardless of what Leeds tried to do about it. You know. Um, the question is, how do they rebuild their squad afterwards, right? Which we've talked about already. Have they done enough to satisfy you so far? I actually think they have. Um, I think I don't think they're done yet, but I, I think no, yeah, you know, they've they've those two signings that I just mentioned are the replacements for Phillips and Rafinha, and then the transfers that we talked about on the last podcast. Um, I think all of them improved the squad, and I think you know. That's the main goal, obviously. <laughs> you know, you're close to a relegation fight. You just want to improve the squad wherever you can. I think all of those signings do. Um, oh, sorry. One more leads uh, transfer that I just noticed that we hadn't talked about yet. Mark Rocca from Bayern. Oh, it was a rumor last time. Yeah, I okay. I, I remember mentioning his name, uh, but I, it was just a rumor last time. Uh, yes, he did sign. But yeah, yeah. like all of these names, I, I think they improve the squad. So I, I don't think th they'll be so hard pressed um, in a relegation fight this season. I think you might be right. Actually. I I'm higher on leads than I thought I would be at this point. Like I honestly think in spite of the fact that they lost their two best players, they may actually finish with a better points total this season, just because I think the squad is what way more rounded out at this time. So yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's all I got. So we can move on. All right. So I've got the next team, and that's Lester. And it pains me to say it for Josh's sake, but they have done nothing. They're asleep at the wheel, dude. It's it's ridiculous because we know everything Josh mentioned, you know, in, in the recap episode about how they just did not do as good as they did in previous seasons. Oh, God, Reese, did you just spill something? No, I just dropped something. Okay. It wasn't my food. Okay, good. <laughs> that would have been tragic. <laughs> what do you, you got? Canes right now? Is that what that is? You got Canes. I'm yeah. so jealous. 
I don't. Th- I haven't had it in so long. I'm not gonna lie. That's kind of making me horned up for canes. I might go. I might go get some canes after this podcast. Yeah. I was gonna go to the gym, but maybe I'll go to canes <laughs> instead. The opposite. Yeah. Yeah. They. I literally wrote down under completed for Lester. Literally with like five L's and then nothing with five G's. And then next <laughs> to it, and next to it, I put Dookie shite. Yeah. Which is, they need to be doing so much right now. Listen, here's here's what I have to say. Josh will come on here and tell you that they're going to be better next season because this player and that player is going to be back from injury, which is true. I, I grant you that. Like, they will be better next season, I think. However, if you're not – or if you're standing still, you might as well be moving backwards in the Premier League yes. because every team around them is strengthening right now. Especially this year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they – like, just not only the fact that they haven't signed anyone, they have not been linked to a single right. human. Like, yeah. What is going on? All of these rumors that are I've written down are not even close. Yeah. They're just name drops, which I'll talk about right now. Um, the first one that I saw, which pains me because he's one out of the two players that I would absolutely want at Palace, is Nani Madueke from PSV. Former Spurs Academy product, by the way. There oh. is two there's two players that I've I would love to see at Palace at one point, and that's Nani Madueke and Ibrahim Sangre. And they just have, both happen to play for PSV. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. He he's a good player, but I literally there there's no depth to it. It's just it's just a name drop. Um, they've also been linked with Casper Dolberg. Um, and then if you look at Leicester transfer news, a lot of it is just going to be Tielemans to Arsenal. That's the thing. A lot of their rumors, if there have been any, are outgoings. Like because right. there are, there's some talk of Madison too. leaving as well. So yeah, you know. And then the only other one that I written down was Vestergaard on to Trobs and score on loan, <laughs> which they do not, they do not need to do right now. They're literally needing center backs right now. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't get rid of their center backs. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, I actually saw this tweet when they were talking about Chris Richards to Palace, and that the guy who tweeted it said he recommended, or not that he's higher up or close to Leicester and making these decisions, but he thought that a Lester should have signed Chris Richards because it fits, you know, their playing style, but they basically just signed Vestergaard, which doesn't fit Brendan Rodgers' style at all. So obviously it hasn't worked out too well for Vestergaard, but he does not need to be leaving at this point just because they need to make up the numbers. Yeah. So Plus you got everyone in the squad is injury prone, as we know, and you have uh, Johnny Evans who might be retiring because of his Oh God, this disease that Josh always says, plantar fasciitis, I think. Uh, he might end up having to retire before the season even starts. So yeah. they are, I'm not going to say they're in trouble. Obviously they're not going to get relegated, but like <laughs> they're not. But I think there, there are teams that are way worse than them in the league. But I think they'll be around that area. Really? I think, you know. It's a good thing the, Josh is in the jungle. The six, like. 1617 area is where wow. I, I could see them dropping. I don't know. I'm not going to say that as a, as a hard prediction. Cause I haven't made my predictions yet. Yeah. But I think, I think, you know, worst case scenario, I could see them around there. I definitely have them lower mid table, like in my est- current estimation. I mean, I- if you just take a look at how many injuries they've been so injury important in the past few years, considering they have signed no one, they have one or two important players get injured. Like what happens? And assuming that that's not going to happen is a mistake because so yeah. far it has happened every season. So 
you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm concerned for them a little bit. Probably maybe not as much as Reese is, but I, I definitely think they're going to not be challenging for Europe. That's for sure. Unless something drastic happens, but. Did, I'm, they didn't get any kind of European thing last uh, season. They did finished they? eighth, so they were close to the conference league, but no, okay. they don't have. That's European. probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that that's true actually, because they had one million fixtures. Yeah. But so I yeah, still true. though I yeah, bad times for Leicester. But uh, let's go back to the Mersey side where their recent signing Darwin Nunez just scored four today against RB Leipzig. Did he? Yes. And, you know, people have been talking about like, you know, oh, he's not going to perform. And they're already getting, you know, highlights from these games in preseason where he just looks terrible. I'm like, (laughs) that's kind of harsh. Yeah, it's like, you know, some time. I know he's adjusting, but he did score for us. So you kind of put that to bed. So, uh, yeah. Do we have any Liverpool news? No, but I think it's not surprising considering, you know, they've signed Darwin Nunez for close to 90 million or close to 80 ish million in that area. So I think with that signing being completed in the last transfer pod, um, I just don't expect them to do much more business. Um, they've always been pretty, uh, pretty, is frugal the right word or is that yeah, like frugal? Yeah. yeah. Well, they've always been pretty frugal in the transfer market, at least with, you know, if they're going to spend a lot, they also sell a lot. Um, true. They haven't really sold a lot. I don't think Mane's transfer was that expensive. Uh, it was like 30, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't see them doing much more business and they haven't since the last pod. You know, so. I said at the beginning that I thought they would struggle just because of the way things have gone. That being said though, I don't really know what I would have them do in the market. Like, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a position that they, that, that they desperately need to strengthen that would make them that much better. No. You know, you mentioned like, last time that they're the, they're just kind of in a period of transition right now because their old guard is moving on and they're bringing in new, younger, unproven players. Um, and I think you're right. Like there's not really like one single position you can single out to strengthen. It's more of just now allowing the team to have some time to gel together since they're all like fairly new. I also just think like at this, for, for, for a team that's had a manager as long as they've had him fucking what, nine years now, like, or some crazy number like that, which makes me feel really old. Um, at some, there comes a time in a manager's cycle where there will be down years. And I know they had a down year two seasons ago when they finished fourth with the Allison header. Um, but I just think in a manager's cycle, especially one like Klopp, who relies so heavily on this gig and pressing and this, you know, extreme fitness and all the things that we know that they are. I think eventually if you don't cycle out the players that are key to the system, because yeah, they have cycled players, but a lot of the primary core is still there. If you look at basically the entire back line is the same. You have obviously Tiago's kind of come in and changed the complexion of the midfield, but you still have Henderson in the mix. You still have Oxlade Chamberlain in the mix. I just saw that he got injured again in preseason, which, you know, is practically a guarantee at this point. And then of course, yeah, so, and Sala, not that they should get rid of him, but, you know, he's been there for so long now. It's like this core of players will eventually burn out. I'm not saying they'll do it now, and I don't think it'll be some dramatic event. I just think over the course of the next couple of years, you'll see them start to slow down. Sala will leave. You'll get a couple other players. Will leave. Henderson might leave. You know, I think as the cycle comes to an end, 
there will be a period where Liverpool is not one of the best teams in the world, in my opinion. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong and they'll sign a bunch of great players and they'll be insane for the rest of eternity. But <laughs> I just think in, as Klopp's cycle comes to an end, which I would suggest it probably is, there will be a down period, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. And we still have yet to see if Darwin Nunez will actually pan out because right. unlike Holland, he, this is, this is practice or last season was practically his breakout year. Um, he was relatively unknown before that. So, uh, he still has a lot to prove and sometimes, you know, that big transfer fee can have an effect on the mentals. Yeah. I did want to kind of bring it up, even though we'll probably talk more about it and we, we have talked about it. We'll probably talk more about it, but it's the introduction of five subs into the league. This is huge, by the way. I am, I'm a complete against it kind of guy just for the sense of like, you know, these teams at five is basically, you know, substituting half of a team as, cause yeah. you know, you don't really, you don't really need to ten, set the goal. 10 outfield players. Yeah. yeah. And so the thing about it is that these team or the people that are pushing for five substitutions are they're they're not Liverpool I mean, city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the fact is that when they, when we do have it, they're still not going to make these substitutions because they don't need to. They're going to be so in the in in like a ahead of all their games. But the thing is, if there's ever a chance where they do or like are behind and have to use all five, they can easily bring on players who are already better yeah. than the teams that they bring on them against. Which I think is because now people are not going to be able to bring or teams are not going to be able to bring on players that are like can easily. I mean, the same quality, right? So it's just it's very frustrating. Large quality dip. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's just how it is. You know, teams obviously are better than others, but still it's just, you know, the people that are vying for this, this change are not going to be the ones like yeah. doing it. Yeah. And, and that makes sense because, you know, they are having more games to play, but at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I think it's completely shite. <laughs> I'm with you. I think on this particular issue, the differential between clubs is not proportional to the differential of quality, if that makes sense. Like there's an undue advantage from the five subs to the, to sure. the greater clubs. I'm probably like 60, 40 or no 70, 30 against it in the sense that like, like you mentioned, it heavily benefits the bigger clubs just because they have more squad depth and they have more money to get squad depth. Um, on the other hand, there is the argument that, you know, keep squad fitness up. You don't want players to get injured. And I totally understand that. And there's but- a world cup. Yeah, there's a World mm-hmm. Cup coming up. So, like, I understand all these arguments. It's just you have to look at the trade-off. And I guess we'll see how much of an advantage it gives these top teams because uh, we have yet to see. But um, it, there's there's two sides to it for sure, but I don't know. I think yeah. this is also the reason why you've seen so much volume in the transfer market this season. Yeah, Like, a lot of teams have signed a lot of players, which is not something that you usually see. And I think five subs is a huge culprit of that. I mean, you look at, look at our, take at Arsenal, for example, I yeah. think we've, we've signed a couple players that th- there's a question of whether they'll start or not. Um, obviously, Zinchenko signed to be a backup player. Uh, Fabio Vieira may or may not start, depending on if we get Tielemans. I absolutely think Arteta will use five subs. They will get games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is a manager that I think will do it. Uh, and we saw during, um, during the bubble when five substitutions were allowed, uh, were, were five substitutions a lot back then? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. For, we for saw during the bubble. Restart. Um, Arsenal Arteta was one of the one of the ones one of the managers who did pretty much use all five every game, without a doubt. So yeah, I don't even think Mourinho ever used three, let alone five. <laughs> um, 
so yeah that is a big that is a big player on why these teams are going after so many players because squad depth is more important than ever yeah yeah these are all interesting points that we're definitely going to talk more about the i was more or less thinking about this when we were playing liverpool in the i think it was singapore because they they literally started a full strength team but um this is obviously just preseason two so you can make as many subs as you want i swear to god they brought on sala alexander arnold Van Dyke, Darwin Nunez, Robertson, Tiago, Nabiqueta, Carvalho, and Fabinho. And that is basically, and they're, they started a full strength team, basically, kind of, in a way. So it's just, it's insane how, like Gage mentioned, the quality difference between all the teams in the league. So, and, it, and eventually, you know, we don't even think they're going to use all five subs. So anyway, moving off of that tangent, we've got uh, Manchester City the current champions yeah this will be nice and quick because most of their business has already been done we got holland and phillips obviously and then cucarella has been brewing for a thousand years so we don't really need to talk much about that uh the one note i wanted to make about them though because it's huge for the u.s uh zach stefan has gone on loan to middlesbrough uh which is great because he's gonna play, play which is so huge uh for a goalkeeper so this actually could totally be motivated by the world cup because yeah. you know he sees someone like matt turner getting involved uh, getting a move to Arsenal where he probably will get to play some games. Obviously he would have played some games at city, but this is an advantage that he will have now is playing weekend yeah. week out and we'll get and to see was, how um, he truly is. This was a concern we talked about when I, when I posed the question of who should be our starting us goalie. Yeah. Um, was that even if Zach Stefan is the better goalie, he's going to be playing less, but now that's not the case. So it's become um, a lot more of an interesting conversation. It's now his spot to win basically. Yeah. So that's, that's literally all I've got for city. Cause they, it's not like they need to strengthen a huge amount. Obviously they lost Sterling, whatever, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. He was already at the door anyway. Yeah. Mid season, but yeah, we'll go into the team who I would think has been the most interesting this month, you know, paying attention to as things transpire and that's the reds uh, or the red devils at United. Um, so far, they've completed the signing of uh, Tyro Malasia from Feyenoord, who's actually been, he looked good. I mean, I know United didn't have much of a challenge when we played them, but he actually did look good in this game. Um, they did sign Christian Eriksen on a free after his uh, tenure at Brentford uh, ended. And then they completed the signing of Lissandro Martinez from Ajax. And so, you know, both Malasia and Lissandro Martinez being fullbacks, you know, kind of just, you know, puts pressure on the people that are already there. Likes of Dallow and can easily see Juan Basaka out the door. So improving the areas that they need to. Um, they've uh, sold Matt. in real quick. Sorry. Maybe. I think we were going to sign Lissandra. So that was the mystery player I alluded to earlier. Lissandra Martinez. He can play fullback. His preferred position, though, is center back. And I think that's what they've signed him to play. The issue is, is he's 5'9". Yeah. There has been defenders in the past that tall, and it's been fine, but the game has evolved. So yeah. I, I, and I think they have signed him to be a center back. So I don't know how that's going to work out. The thing about that, that's funny is that people you were comparing, you know, Oh, imagine him, you know, when we get to the Manchester Derby, you know, he's going to have to be guarding Holland. Yeah. And people have responded to uh, that with videos of, you know, them playing, I guess the Europa league or whatever league international league they were talking about where he was, where Martinez was defending against Holland, and he actually did a good job. However, 
this was at fullback, which is a completely different story. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, no doubting that he's got quality, being that, you know, Arsenal and United are both interested in him. But, you know, like Reese said, it's a it's definitely a phys- more physical game. It's a game. hefty fee, too, which is, I think, is. the biggest reason that Arsenal pulled out, like Reese yeah. mentioned. So, it's I think it's a huge risk. I think it was around 65-ish mil. Some crazy we number. We were just not prepared to pay for what would essentially be a backup player for us. Um, yeah. And I mean, like the, the main reason I think he will be playing center back is because when you take a look at their squad, that's the position they need to improve. Right. Well, right. and they have no right backs, which they need to sign someone, I guess yeah. Dallow, but still, I mean, I don't know. Dallow we'll plays see. midfield more often than right back nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I think if he does end up playing center back, like Reese is saying, you know, I think it's, there's no doubt that he's going to have his good moments, but a lot of people are, I feel like he's going to just be dominated in the sense that that's just how it happens with, you know, center backs who don't have that height to keep up with strikers who are now, we're seeing plenty of target men come to the premier league. Not that in the sense of like, that's their whole game, but you know, the likes of Holland are just beasts in physicality. And so I think a lot of people are going to start questioning that price tag you know, when he has these moments that he just can't obviously change his height to, to, you know, fight off. But um, in terms of outgoings, Manchester United have sold Matic to Roma. So he joins. Mourinho uh, has signed him three times Yeah, for Chelsea, for United, and now for Roma. Yeah. Um, it looks like Dean Henderson has gone to Forest. I think it's on loan. It is. Yeah. So that'll be a good move for him uh, getting some playing time. And then, uh, like Gage mentioned earlier, Andreas Pereira has joined Fulham. Yeah, I, I just wanted to drop a line on Erickson real quick, by the way, because as much as I don't really understand what his role is going to be at Man United, I do think that, like, this – people are going to call me crazy for this, but I really do think he's a step up from Bruno Fernandes. I think he's in a different – I think he's on a different planet to Bruno Fernandes in terms of quality. Um, because, yeah, sure, Bruno Fernandes – scores a lot more goals than Erickson does, but Erickson's range of passing, like he's, he's using four D and Bruno Fernandez is using is only in like two or one D. So also Bruno Fernandez was on, was he alive for the majority of this season? Like we heard nothing from him, saw nothing from him. He was completely absent. So I, I just think Erickson, while he will do well, I just, think there were so many better places for him to go and i don't even mean spurs i just think there were so many other places that he could have gone yeah exactly i saw some funny tweets basically saying um it's like oh everyone thought that uh he was given a second chance by god but he actually made a deal with the devil (laughs) literally that's so dumb because it's the red devils yeah (laughs) anyway there's We've already dropped it uh, earlier, but uh, in terms of rumors, <laughs> Frankie De Jong, the their de- the deal that they've been pursuing the most is just out the door. It's not going to – I don't think it goes through. I don't think I'll it will. I'll laugh really. so hard if it doesn't happen. Uh, just – I mean, just what, from what we've heard today, it, it does not look like it's a good time. So they'll definitely have to, you know, look somewhere else. Um, they're still hoping to get Anthony from IX uh, on board. Um, they've been looking at uh, Jonathan Klaus – from lawns too. So, you know, everyone's just rating lawns at the moment. Um, they've been looking at Ishmael Benasser from AC Milan. Um, they're hoping to maybe get Donnie Vandebeek in that, involved in that, you know, in a swap move. Um, and then 
recently there's been a lot of talk of you know Ronaldo moving on um, recently, mostly being with Atletico Madrid, and you know talking about how they've commenced Simone to. Uh, well, I think they need a striker now because I believe uh, Suarez has just left. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so they definitely need a striker. I think they're just trying to bring in a little bit more money to get him over there. But yeah, there's just a bunch of talk of whether or not Ronaldo is going to stay or not. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening. Um, I think a lot of it will come down to, you know, later stages of the the window. For sure. Actually being heavily rumored. I think we mentioned it last time, but it's still going on. And that is uh, Roma, I think. I think yeah. the Roma rumors are still going on. And I this is probably due to Mourinho. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it, you can literally make a bet on anybody at this point because it's you know there's just nothing. He'll, he'll probably end up staying. That's that's what probably happens. Yeah, it'll be all this, and he'll probably stay. Which I saw someone tweet about this. You know, United have looked okay in their preseason, and they're literally just going to welcome Ronaldo back, and they're going to have to supply him everything, and they're going to completely ruin their <laughs> momentum. So it'll be interesting. Um, but all of that, that's pretty much it on United. So we'll completely move off of that to uh, Newcastle. Um, so they've actually only completed one deal since the last time, and it was um, a heavily rumored, uh, it was a heavily rumored link that I had already spoken about as well. It was practically done last time. That's Ben Botman. He has officially signed since the last podcast. Um, it's a great signing. Don't have much to add because we've already talked about it uh, in the last episode. But they do have some rumors that I don't uh, – you mentioned somebody United's looking at. I think Newcastle are also interested the the Klaus guy. Jonathan Klaus? Yeah, I think Newcastle's interested in him. Uh, that's pretty much all I've heard, though. So that, that's all I got. Yep. All right. Uh, a lot of things happening with this team recently. Uh, let's move on to Nottingham Forest. My God, dude, literally right next to the, this has gone totally under the radar for me. Cause I've heard of a couple of these signings, but right next to the, the I've got Nottingham Forest written down. And then right next to it, I've just got, holy shit with three exclamation points. Yeah. They have signed so many players. I did not know this was going on, but I was, I was looking at the premier league, you know, official website and all this. And I, it, I had to scroll so far down literally just to dude. get past them. Okay. So the one today that went through officially has gone through is Jesse Lingard on a free transfer, which is a good signing. I think, I mean, he takes a lot of shit and, but we all know how he performed at West Ham. I think it would have been better for his career if he'd left after that loan spell um, and not tried right. to fight for his place at United because yeah, that was stupid. United's a joke and they were even more of a joke that particular season. So either way, now he's going to get some prem game time and he will play, I think. Um, so oh, yeah. Because as of right now, they haven't brought James Garner back on loan, which we talked about might happen. James Garner has actually been involved at United a bit in preseason. Um, So maybe Lingard could take up that role if Garner doesn't end up coming back. Now, another signing that is, I think, a sneaky good signing. Neko Williams purchased from Liverpool 20 million euros, which is a steep old price. But I do think that he is one of these products of the Liverpool fullback army, uh, which has been developing over the years. And I'm very interested to see how he'll do with a bona fide kind of first team role. If that is what he has with 20 million pounds, you would think. Yeah, exactly. So 
there's a signing. Got a couple of signings that I don't know too much about because they're signed from leagues that I don't quite have a big, you know, ex- level of expertise on. We've got Julia Bianconi, uh, who is a right back signed from Troyes, which is a club that is a member of the City Football Group. Uh, so this is a player who is on the radar of Man City, kind of in the in the lexicon of City players uh, because Troyes is actually owned by City Football Group. Uh, so yeah, Bianconi Jones. Jo- Bianconi joins um, and he's a right back. So you have to think that he's Jed Spence's heir apparent um, in that role from last season. Then we've got a center back, uh, Musa Niakate, who has joined from Mainz 05 in Germany. Uh, I don't know anything about him, but he's comes with a 10 million euro price tag. So we'll see how he performs in the Prem. Then we've got a couple of English lads that have joined as well. We've got Omar Richards, a former Reading left back who made a surprise move to Bayern um, and then didn't get too much in the way of game time, as you might expect, and is now coming. He will be making his uh, Premier League debut at this time uh, in the Nottingham Forest team. So we'll have to see how that happens. Uh, They've also signed a package deal from Huddersfield. Uh, so these players were beaten by them in the in the playoff final and then decided they wanted to come to the Prem anyway. Give me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lewis O'Brien is first. He's a kind of bustling midfielder, box-to-box player. Um, good player. Good player. Has Premier League experience with them when they were up uh, in the past. Of course, did get relegated, but still. I mean, he's played in the Prem before, and he's English, so he's homegrown. And then we've got Harry Toffolo, uh, who was the player that was tackled for that uh, – Penalty, or it should have been penalty for Huddersfield. Yeah. Um, so he gets his justice after all and uh, moves moves to the Prem. Another left back. So uh, Forrest are really stocking up on their fullbacks this window. Uh, of course, that is a key area for them. I say fullbacks, that's actually incorrect because they do play three at the back with attacking wingbacks. So we'll have to see how that works. Um, in terms of someone like Nico Williams, who I don't know has played wingback before. Uh, so we'll have to see what kind of role they're looking at with, with certain players of that ilk. Then they have completely swapped up the goalkeeping position. Um, Previously they had Bryce Samba. Yeah. Well, previously they had Bryce Samba as the starter and they had uh, American Ethan Horvath as the backup. Uh, Bryce Samba has been sold to lawns actually in Liga and uh, Ethan Horvath has been loaned out to a club that I forgot to write down. Um, So that's great. They have loaned in Dean Henderson, which is a brilliant signing for both uh, club and player, I think. And uh, they've got Crystal Palace legend Wayne Hennessy in on a free transfer to play backup. Uh, uh, probably a good L- lad to have around the dressing room, though. So Yeah, uh, Lutton Town. Ethan oh, that's where Ethan Horvath's gone? Okay, interesting. We've got two Americans in the Champions uh, – not the Champions League. The Champions in the Championship. <laughs> there you uh, go. I missed I miss something. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. and then th- that's all the signings, but I just had one written down. Someone returning from loan that I forgot was a human. Carl Jenkinson <laughs> has oh, returned oh, to God. Forest after a loan spell in Australia. I forgot we sold Jeez. him to him. Yeah. So I doubt he will play, but he is in the squad. So what a miraculous thing that is. Uh, I looked in three years at Forest, he's made exactly 11 appearances which is uh, not great, but yeah, either way. So anyway, that's the absolute tirade of players that have come in at Nottingham Forest. 
so yeah i mean we mentioned how much business are gonna have to get done first season in the prune well i guess not re of recent it does stink a little bit of the kind of aston villa fulham strategy where you sign a lot of players the the one difference i think is that while they have signed a few players from outside most of the signings that i just named off have premier league experience and or are english so i think they're like joe as well and Mm -hmm. mostly cheap yeah so the the I think the risk factor with most of these signings is quite a bit less. Right. So yeah, I'd agree. So I I've got Southampton next and, you know, they've gotten a lot of young players in early, but they've also added a few more um, this, this July. Uh, they added Romeo La, uh, Lavia. For, uh, it's funny. Okay. I've got, uh, it says man, or I, I put MF from man city. So midfielder, but it's, Mother effort. Motherfucker from Man City. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they also brought in uh, Joe Arabo from Rangers, who was something or someone that Palace was looking at, who I think will be good for them. Um, this actually happened today, and I had it under rumors, but um, apparently it just happened. Uh, they signed Seku Mara from Bordeaux, and a lot of it was coming down to, you know, Bordeaux is in the middle of, you know, could possibly get liquidated. So they were just, you know, seeing if you know they could That's be right. respectful about you know giving them some money that helped they them got out. double so. relegated mm-hmm. i just remembered this player the only um this is a huge tangent but the only thing that made me think of them is bordeaux do y'all remember malcolm yep. yes he, he was he supposed was, to be like the next big thing and he went to zenith yeah anyway that just came to my came to my memory Oh, what gosh. is he up to? Let's see. Well, while you figure that out, that was pretty much the only rumor I had. But I literally, like 15 minutes before the podcast, uh, it said that it wasn't announced by the club, but it was pretty much, you know, all the closer, like, people that work for Sky Sports and, like, all that, they basically confirmed it. He went to Barcelona. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> He went to Barcelona for one year and then signed for Zenit, and apparently he's still there. He played 24 games, scored eight goals last season. Are they playing football over there? Uh, That's a great question. (laughs) I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway, that's pretty much all I have for Southampton at the the moment. Um, Let's move on to Twatnam. (laughs) Mate. (laughs) Um, that was for me that was for me you have flabbergasted me with that um (laughs) anyway since the last since the last time we talked i think we did speak about this player briefly but it's gotten over the line now richarlison signed from everton 60 million pound fee second most expensive player in spurs history behind everyone's favorite dummy dombele um yeah, I think it's a good signing. I think the price tag is pretty expensive. I think for the most part, he's a good good player to have around the dressing room. He seems to be an, a really, really great character. Um, does a lot of charity work, does a lot of um, really good stuff in the community, and is overall just a really nice guy on the or off the pitch. On the pitch, he's an absolute shithouse, uh, which is great. I always love to see uh, players like that always – you know, players that you love to hate if they're not on your team. Um, so him and Romero 
have had battles in the past, but now they're going to join up to be the ultimate uh, shithouse duo, which we already saw in preseason against Sevilla. So yeah, some brilliant stuff going on there. I think this is an interesting signing from the perspective of he can deputize for Kane. Uh, well, really, he can play anywhere across the front three. The, the unfortunate thing about that for him is that his weakest position out of those three would be on the right, which if he wants to play alongside Kane and Son, which you would imagine that for the big games, it would be Kane, Son, and whoever the favored right-sided player is, be it Richarlison, Kulisevsky, or Lucas Mora. Um, that is the weakest part of his game is on the right, which is what he's been playing in preseason. And he's looked okay. Um, he hasn't been earth shatteringly good, but I think we, we talked about the five subs thing and I really think he will see enough game time in other positions that it just kind of makes sense from a depth perspective. And also now Harry Kane does not have to play every single game. Um, Cause we've had either never had a backup for him or had people like Carlos Vinicius Vincent Janssen, Fernando Llorente, who did not score goals. Um, so Richarlison is a proven Premier League goal scorer, which really none of those players beforehand, maybe Llorente a little bit, um, were. But anyway, uh, the second of our this batch of three signings that we made is Clement Longley uh, from Barcelona on a one-year loan with no option. Uh, he's a left-sided ball playing center back who struggled of late with Barcelona. I think they were keen to get him off the books, but I think like, this is a, a transfer that I'm not too concerned about because Spurs want Bastoni. That's no secret. Like he is the player that Spurs want to fill that left-sided center back role, but Bastoni doesn't want to leave Inter. So basically we're just stop gapping it for a season with Longley on loan before we can go back in for Bastoni. And then of course, maybe, Longley will come in and be a world beater. So you never know. I do think the potential's there. I think he's on shaky ground at the moment, but we'll have to see. I think Ben Davis is also a fine player. Like, I don't think he's someone that I would have singled out last season as someone that we absolutely needed to upgrade. Um, but I do think uh, if he had gotten injured last season, we would have been in trouble because none of our other center backs can play on the left side of the three uh, other than Davis. So now Longley has that ability. He can also deputize in the middle, uh, so he can back up Dyer too, if need be, um, which brings a different dimension, obviously, because Dyer's right-footed. Having a left-footer um, at the back who's a ball player could be an interesting dimension for Spurs as well. I think you might actually see, potentially, Conte might switch between those mid-game uh, just to have a different range of passing from the back because that middle center back, a.k.a. Eric Dyer, for the most part of Conte's reign, is actually sort of a deep-lying playmaker in the Conte system. Um, so I think it could be an interesting dynamic to see, to watch how it unfolds there. And then the transfer that has taken forever to happen, but finally uh, came through this week, Jed Spence has arrived from Middlesbrough. Uh, well, he was on loan at Forest, of course, last season, but on the books at Middlesbrough. Relations had broken down there. So he was always going to leave. It was just a question of where. And uh, now we know the answer. He is at Spurs. And I think this is a brilliant signing. I actually think he slots right in at right wing back. I think he'll start um, most games. Obviously, the, the biggest problem with this is that we have Emerson Royale and Matt Doherty, who are both right wing backs. Doherty has been playing mostly on the left while uh, during preseason because Perisic had COVID and had to quarantine. Uh, so he couldn't play much 
uh, Sessignon did play a bit, but then the funniest thing about this to me is that in the Sevilla game, Lucas Mora played right wing back, which is something that Conte had denied being possible last season. But now that we have three actual right wing backs, Lucas Mora d- played right wing back in the Sevilla game, um, which is interesting. So I do think that uh, someone's going to have to leave. And I think that someone is most likely Emerson Royale um, just because he hasn't really impressed um, and he lacks basically every attribute you need to be a competent right wing back. I think he was signed under a manager who was prepared to play a way more defensive style um, swapped between the back four and the back five at times, which Emerson is better suited to a back four. So I think that's really his downfall as a player at Spurs. And I think you will see him get shifted on. I think Spurs will actively try to offload him. Um, anyway, Spence, I think will start. Doherty will obviously play as well because he's been revitalized uh, of late. Now, some interesting news. Uh, a few players that were left uh, at home whenever the squad went to South Korea. So these are basically players that we're going to be actively trying to get rid of. The obvious names that everyone knows are on the outs. Uh, La Celso, Ndombele, Winks. Uh, we know those are going to be out. One other that was a little bit of a surprising inclusion maybe is Sergio Regulon. Uh, he is now someone that Spurs are looking to shift on, which I think is fine. Um, I'm kind of indifferent to him at this point. I think with Perisic coming in and Sessignon being the obvious view to the future, he's kind of the odd man out. So I think it makes sense from, from a planning perspective to get rid of him and try to recoup some fee. Um, let's see. Interestingly, Brian Gill has been playing quite a few games in, pre, uh, in preseason, and I think he might stay. I think he may stay to be a rotation option, which Josh will be annoyed about because um, he was annoyed with him when he was at Valencia. And a final note, uh, the arrival of Pape Matar Sar on the scene. He was signed last year from Mets and then immediately loaned straight back to them. Um, he looks a tidy player. I think he could will most likely be loaned out, but in the event that he isn't, I think he will see game time in the midfield. He profiles pretty similarly to the other four midfielders that we have, or five if you count Winks, but the other four midfielders that will still be at the club ideally. Uh, but I do think he could take up some some game time if he does stay. So... It'll be an interesting, interesting time to to view at Spurs. The only thing, really all the rumors have gone quiet. I think the only thing that we've seen is that Spurs are looking to sign some kind of attacking midfielder, which as Reese brought up is a little bit strange considering that that role doesn't exactly exist in the Conte system. I, I sent you this response, Reese, but I still don't really know how much I believe it. I think that like we're, we're looking at a view to an extra system. Basically, I think um, playing a three, five, two with an attacking midfielder, which is something that we very briefly experimented with, with Kulisevsky playing that attacking role. I don't really know where I stand on this. I think the right-sided role in that front three is the most flexible role. I already mentioned that a little bit with Richarlison and Kulisevsky kind of brings a different dynamic. He's largely the most creative player in the team when he does play. So maybe that kind of factors into it. Uh, the, the, the James Madison links, I don't really understand a whole lot because he's, as Reese said in our Twitter group chat, he is a conventional 10, which I don't think Spurs really need. 
the other name that's been linked is uh, Nicolo Zaniolo from Roma, who does occasionally play on the right side. So I do think that signing would make a little bit more sense. And he's Italian. So it's kind of, there's a link there. And they um, want him out. And they want him out. Yeah. And because the whole coaching staff at Spurs is Italian, obviously, aside from Ryan Mason. Um, so it, 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 it makes sense in some aspects, but in some, it also doesn't. Um, Admittedly, and this is something that I have been campaigning for, for so long, is that you also could just not sign a cam and instead play Kane a little deeper. And then that allows you to start Richarlison as well. That is true. I don't, I don't know what the shape would look like in that instance though, because Conte is so wedded to the wingbacks. I think if you, start cramming too many forward players, you're going to really lose out in midfield. So uh, while I agree, I think there's still a lot of question marks in terms of how all of these players fit together in the puzzle. Um, If we were to bring in someone to play an attacking midfield role, I think Zaniolo is the one that makes the most sense because he can play off the right. And he would mostly just play as an inside forward who plays a creative role, which is essentially what Kulisevsky does anyway. But I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's a view to a future role for a possible number 10 in that region. If there was, you would think Spurs would have gone in for Erickson uh, a little harder than they did. But either way, I'm not 100% sure what the deal is. I don't know if you'll see Spurs sign any other players. Like, I I think we have money, obviously. I just don't know who or what position we would be looking to sign at this time. Uh, maybe another midfielder just for cover. I, I mean, but I, I don't really, yeah, I don't really see what the, the next couple months looks like for Spurs in the transfer window, apart from we need to sell players, uh, which we also sold Bergwijn, by the way. I think I already talked about that though. So one more name that's actually been linked today with a possible transfer out of the club is Jeff at Tanganga. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't remember where uh, Milan. Yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, I think that the reports came out today that that was starting to look like an option. Yeah, I I think he probably is the odd man out in terms of um, he's probably our worst performing center back over the past season, which is unfortunate because he started out really well. He was man of the match in our first win against City on opening day, but then really went downhill from there. He got sent off against Palace. Um, and things just never went the same for him after that. But yeah, exciting times for Spurs. I, like I said, I don't really know what the next couple months looks like, but I am really, really excited about this season. That's what I can tell you. So, yeah, I think it'd be it's good. really dangerous. Sorry. There you go. It's really dangerous that uh, me and you are both excited about our. Clubs. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think I saw the trailer for uh arsenal till i die yeah it looks good <laughs> i'm 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 gonna watch it i'm excited about I'm it i'm gonna watch no. it I I moved, i've i've pretty much moved on with the disappointment of uh missing out on top four but there is quite a bit of good stuff i just opened look i just <laughs> nice opened <one>. my hat <laughs> you're stripping yeah thanks for coming there you go. <laughs> but uh yeah there is quite a lot of drama that oh, i no, just kind of hadn't thought about um now it's now it's my head is so big i gotta fix it hold on <laughs> it's in the trailer but uh they showed part of uh arteta announcing that they were stripping uh Aubameyang of the captaincy 
they were stripping. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's quite a. Said. I was saying they um, in the trailer they showed a clip <laughs> of uh, Arteta announcing that they're taking the cap, they're stripping the captaincy away. Oh, nice! And I was like stripping. But you know, <laughs> quite a bit of drama going on there. And then they showed a, it was like a in training fight between Lacazette and Cedric, that oh my god, I didn't know about. But anyway, it, it's looking good. Yeah, we'll definitely all have to watch that. In terms of, you know, what to do next, I definitely think Tottenham can use, use this time to, you know, scout some good players for the future. Because, you know, like you said, you know, you're, you're so reliant on Kane. And so just finding out who that next player is. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, moving on to West Ham, I've got that. Um, I got a lot of my information from uh, Green Green Street Hammers, which my friend uh, Oliver, who's a West Ham fan, is writing for at the moment. So that's pretty cool. Um, just shout out to them real quick. But the one of the players that they've signed, or the one player that they have signed since the last episode, was uh, one that Palace was actually looking at and in, in which he was actually close to joining us. But he ended up signing for West Ham. Uh, it was Flynn Downs from Swansea. And apparently people have been touting him as rice 2.0 so the fact that west ham has both rices at the moment it's dangerous um but you know he he just presses a lot he wants to control the ball a lot um so he'll be a good sorry i was just thinking about what i said about him on pro pro clubs because you brought him up and i never heard of him and my Uh, immediate response was to say it don't don't say it don't say it (laughs) Anyway, yeah. I just remembered. Do you remember our uh, football manager save? Yes, dude. We need he to do was that, that again. kid. He was the kid CDM I always used. Yeah, he played. I think he played for Ipswich oh. at one point, and then he played for Swansea recently before his move. Never forget the machine. Yeah, the machine. Grimes. <laughs> but um, that's pretty much the only one they've announced so far. Um. I will. I do want to bring up that one of their signings that they made earlier, uh, I think is I think it's Azured or Agard or whatever the center back. Yeah, or I think he actually Aguared. Aguared. That's yeah. what it looks like. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, you kind of want to say Aguero when you look at it. Um, got injured recently in the preseason, so they might be looking to bring in another center back. But in terms of rumors, all the ones they've been looking at recently have been mostly attacking. Uh. You know, there. It looks like uh, Armando Broya is getting a lot closer to joining from Chelsea, um, so that'll be another uh, attacking signing. Um, they are looking right now to make a big money move for Jean Lucas Scamaca from Sassuolo. Yeah. Apparently, we looks were actually good. interested in him for a short period of time, so I know a little bit about him. Yeah, um, looks interesting for sure. Yeah. He's another he does, analytical he's, darling. He does. Now that you mentioned it, he kind of profiles like a West Ham player. Mm-hmm. I can totally see it. Yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely willing to splash the cash there. Um, they've been looking at Amadou Onana, who I also put MF from Lille. <laughs> um, uh, they were looking at David Rom from Hoffenheim, but it looks like he's heading to RB Leipzig. Uh, and, and then these are the name drops that I've heard, uh, nothing too concrete, but they were also looking at Dwight McNeil and Adnan Yenizai. <laughs> My God, is he still at Sociedad? Or, uh, he might be, or he, he's either still there or free on a free right, or like let's see without club right now. But I, I saw him when I looked up West Ham news. He is on a free right now. 
Yeah. What the so, hell? I mean, he's getting up there in age. We, for the longest time, we knew him as someone. Oh my who's god, he's twenty-seven. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess oh that's. I remember he scored a banger at the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, in the third place game against England, or yeah. it was the group game that didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, we known him as just being a young guy, which 27 is still young, but, you know, younger than that. But I, I remember him being the, like, 18-year-old kid that signed for United. Like, <laughs> and then he was at Sunderland randomly. Yeah. Like, He's had oh a weird career, too. Kind of like Jesse Lingard. He's just always been the young guy. Yeah. yeah. But that's it for West Ham. Uh, they got a lot of big money moves in the works, but, uh, you know. So we'll move on to the last team, uh, Wolves, not or the Wolves. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a short and sweet one to end on. They've been relatively quiet this window. Um, I think last time we talked, they hadn't signed anybody except for um, players they were bringing back after loan deals, oh, yeah. like Huang Hichan. Um, but they have made a signing since then, uh, and that is Nathan Collins. Uh, he's a center back from good Burnley. He's yeah. 21, and he's Irish. I've used him in quite a few career modes. Uh, seems like a good signing to me. <laughs> and uh, they're getting some some more English representation. Or not English, but... Um, I was like, my brother. <laughs> sorry. Uh, that area. <laughs> the British Isles. Yeah, the British Isles is what I meant. Um, getting some more representation there, you know, moving moving on from the, the Portuguese The mafia. Gambit. The yeah. Mafia. Um, yeah, I think it's a good signing for them. I think, who was it that left? Roman Seiss left, didn't he? Yep. And oh, I, I missed that. I think that's it. But he's been there for yeah. He's uh, you know, d- depth at center back is never a bad thing. But I imagine he will be competing for a starting spot. So um, they are so damn boring. They really like are. I I. I expect nothing less from them than to finish exactly mid-table this season and cause no problems for anyone. Like I think that's... Uh, Moutinho signed a new contract. Cool. Wow. Probably just another Super year. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, when they first made it to the Premier League, they did a lot of their, you know, re- rebuilding then. But it's kind of like you can't really do it now. You've lost oh. your Portuguese manager. A uh, couple other players that left i just looked because i thought you were missing someone fabio silva has left on loan to anderlecht and then trincao has gone back to barcelona on loan because right. he was on loan yeah he so. was on loan there and i think they is it another loan deal or is it permanent i uh i don't think they've brought him back yet oh he's it was a two-year loan no no i'm saying it was it was he oh, left back. wolves he left wolves because he's back at barcelona like he was loaned two wolves from Barcelona oh. and he's now gone back to Barcelona. Gotcha. Yeah. So point is he's not at wolves right now. And that's another loss to their forward line. But again, I don't think it wholly matters. Like, I don't know. They are. This, yeah. This has nothing to do with their transfer news, but I was, I was looking at Twitter and they were playing a preseason game and I saw this was pretty funny. They tweeted out, when Daniel Podence scored a header and everyone, and they, and they tweeted, they said, Podence heads home. And, and this was like midway through the game. And everyone was like, why is he leaving mid game <laughs> and heading home? But that was not the, <laughs> that was not the thing that would made me laugh. The, main, the thing that made me laugh was that Podence scored a header. Cause yeah. the dude is like yeah. five, six. Yeah, yeah. He's shorter than so, me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was hilarious. Anyway. 
You know what? Lucas Mora is 5'7", and he wins every header he goes for. True. So, fair it's play. Big, big-ass bald head. My brother has got a two-yard vertical. Yeah. It's gonna be like, vertical yeah. Thing. Yeah. Well, that pretty much wraps up uh, the Premier League news uh, for July. Are there any big uh, moves that have happened abroad no. y'all, that y'all know of? Dybala has joined Roma. Oh, that's so weird to me. I don't that know why. It just... I think I've always thought that moves from Italian club to Italian club have always been kind of weird. It's so incestual. Like they just, is. that is the perfect way to describe it. Literally it's though. Like it's like, leave Italy. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like players are more, you know, persuaded to, you know, stay at that one club for a long time and not move to a different one. Which I so think that the, apart from the fact that most of the Italians in the world play in Italy, uh, which I think that's how that works, but it's like a high, a bigger proportion of them, co- like contrary to the rest of the. World. Although Dybala is not even Italian. No, he's not, but he's been there for since he was like twelve yeah. years old or something. But um, also, like the tax system in Italy is the most friendly for for players. It's like they yeah. they pay the least taxes in Europe and Italy. I think. Yeah, I believe I read that. So. Yeah, I can't think of many other ones. Most we've of them already talked about all the Barcelona ones and Europe. Like, I mean, we've talked about the fact that there's just no money to go around right now. Yeah. So I feel like all the big ones were Barcelona and we already talked about them. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, no. Um, oh, delict. Yeah. Delict. That's exactly what oh, I was thinking. Yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. Went to Bayern. To Bayern. Yeah. It's a lovely Bayern kid, by the way. Yeah. Got big, the well. big fan of the classic, uh, yeah. classic sponsor. Yeah, this is I'm no Bayern fan in any means. I there's some leagues that I want to get into that I just don't pick a team for. I kind of just keep up. Remember, with we tried to get into the Bundesliga and it was a complete snooze fest, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that was just in the midst of COVID. It was the only kind of yeah, football that we were seeing. Yeah. Did, did we watch uh Schalke? I Dortmund versus someone. Maybe it was Dortmund versus Schalke, actually. I think it was Schalke because we it was Weston McKinney. All right. That's right. Yeah, I I claim to be an Hoffenheim fan, but that just did not pan out. So I kind of yeah. just, I mean, the Bundesliga has produced a bunch of cool kits. So if I ever find one, I'll grab it. But yeah, that was that happened so long ago. But that was just the only kind of football that was out for real. So I have a soft spot for Leverkusen just because that's where we got Sun from. But uh... there was a <laughs> I, someone from the Premier League or was just made a they made a list for all the Premier League fans to choose this Bundesliga team based on which team you support in the Premier League. And apparently Brighton's was Leverkusen. So the fact that you had said you were like, oh, I like Leverkusen, I was like, fuck you, bitch. You're dead to me. <laughs> it's funny because I think I've seen yeah. them compared to Spurs too. Yeah. They, so. They've never won the Bundesliga and they don't win anything, but they're always really close to winning stuff. So, yeah. But very Spursy. I just thought that was goofy. But we're going to win something this year. We're going to win something. <laughs> It'll happen. I hope. I might kill myself otherwise. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, that pretty much wraps up our transfer uh, roundup. You know, by the time we put, the, put this out, there's going to be more things, but that's just how it works. I know. Listen now, people, because uh, it's uh, – well, if, if you heard that, you are, obviously. But still, it's like <laughs> it's going to be out of date quick. Yeah. Um, we'll get them up as fast as we can on our socials. Yeah. So – I reckon that roughly wraps us up. We're over the two hour mark. So I, I need to go eat, but yeah, yeah. We'll, I'm starving. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll call a quick wrap to the show. 
thank you gentlemen for joining us. Uh, I don't know why you wouldn't, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming along. Anyway, Reese, uh, any final thoughts from you? Uh, no thoughts, head empty. Thanks for having us. Thanks for hosting. Ethan, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're fired. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. I, um, I do have a record of the day. Oh, that's cool. I forgot episode. about that. Um, and this is funny because, you know, it's a transfer themed podcast. I went with rumors. Let's go. Transfer rumors. My, Did you my, see the, uh, the Lego reimagination re of that album cover? Uh, I did actually, yeah. Pretty cool. That my, is cool. my album of the day is Good Kid Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you people may know, all of the records I've mostly been recommended are old. So when I went to buy Gage a record for his birthday, I bought him one that he already had. Now, which is well, so wait. funny because I'm. Pr it's not just that. Yeah. It's one that me and you had already gotten him. And in the store, I, I don't think that's true, though. No, I think it actually is true. No, I think I, the, I think the time we bought you records, it was it was maybe, the Strokes it was and it was Mac that. Miller. Maybe it was just me because I I definitely got him that. Okay, yeah, I, I think Reese, I it might have been. I, just, I thought it was you were that involved. And Abbey no. Road. Yeah, but um. Either way, that's still not the worst part of this. I, I'm just going to expose you here because it's funny. It's okay. hilarious. No, no it's one fun. cares. It's you can laugh. No, yeah. you can laugh. Uh, he walks up to me in the store and he says, oh, yo, do you have any Kendrick albums? And I was like, yeah, I have Good Kid, Mad City. And he was like, okay, cool. And then we walk out of the store and he's like, happy birthday. And he hands me the Good Kid, <laughs> Mad City. Okay. To be fair, I got the the covers mixed up, and and I don't think either of them had the name of the album on it, the front. It, yeah, does, it does, but it's but, like written in graffiti logo. Yeah, and you can't really see it very well. Yeah, so, I understand I, the mistake, but that doesn't make it not funny. No, it, it it definitely is funny, and thankfully I got my money back. Yeah, I'm but, glad um, you did. I would have felt yeah. bad, but no. Well, if I if I didn't, I just would have kept it. <laughs> you did. You did give me um, uh, Layla and other love songs by which Derek and the Dominoes, which essential. is essential essential to a very collection. appreciated yeah yeah so so i just that just shows that i need to you know get more involved in newer music because i you know honestly i only knew of damn and and the new album that he come out he came out with yeah so i need to enlighten myself but that is a funny tale that you can definitely <laughs> tell as many times as you want uh yeah all right fellas let's wrap it up here um want to say a final thanks to manifest media for bringing us on. Like I said, we're going to have lots of exciting stuff coming up for season four. I'm going to get a move on and talk to professor, <laughs> professor, Chris, producer, Chris, um, about some, the professor. Some, the nutty uh, professor. The nutty professor. <laughs> Once again, you guys referencing my life. Um, but yeah, we're going to, like I said, we're going to big time promo season four. It's going to be the best, best content we put out yet. It's going to be the biggest stuff. Um, really excited to get going on it. It's shaping up to be a extremely exciting season for all of our clubs, except for Josh. Um, so, you know, we're all looking forward to the season. Um, apart from big man, I think so either way he may not be, or he won't be here for our predictions pod, but we'll have him send some stuff in. So yes. And finally, thank you to the listeners for listening. Uh, that's all. Okay. We hope you stay safe and stay healthy. We love you all. And it's a goodbye from us. <laughs>